Hey guys, have you ever said you would do something and then wish you hadn't? And you really just want to get out of it, but you also want to be known as dependable and true to your word? I know that feeling. I've done it a million times. I've let my quick mouth commit to things without thinking them through at all, or without pausing and inviting God to help me know how to answer, to help me know what he wants me to do. I have learned over the years to offer a quick, hey, hang on, let me think about that and I'll get back to you, instead of just saying yes to every opportunity that presented itself. But even having learned that skill, guys, y'all, I still have found myself in situations that I wish I had just said no to, that I wish I could just quit. Hmm, and why can't I just quit? I mean, if that's really what I want to do, then why not just throw in the towel with a peace out, catch you on the flip side, and just quit? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Can we just up and quit? Can Christians really quit things they started? Maybe we can. But I want to offer three questions to consider before you do. Hey, you lonely girl. I know you want to be happy and feel loved in your marriage. I bet you're discouraged and feel rejected with the silence, avoidance, and lack of communication. Hey, I'm Jennifer. I too have felt loneliness and disappointment, especially in my marriage. I wanted unity and honest conversation, but the reality was nothing ever changed. But I kept trying harder because I was afraid to fail and disappoint God. But then I realized I couldn't disappoint God, and I found healing through honest communication with Him. This is the Honest Ugly Podcast where you will find grace, freedom, fulfillment, and joy as you grow in your friendship and intimacy with the one who knows your needs and meets them. Pull on your shoes, I'll grab my dog Mia, and let's go for a little walk in the sunshine. The honest, ugly truth today is that Christians can quit. Well, that's not ugly, honestly. It's beautiful. But whether you like the statement or not, we are free to do whatever we want to do, and we can trust God's grace to be enough, and He will see us through to completion even when we make the wrong choice. I know that may sound like it goes against everything that you've ever thought or believed or been told, but we have so much freedom in Christ that we really can do whatever we want to do. Now, of course, if our relationship with Him is intimate, then we're going to want to do the good things that He's called us to do, right? Just know that we have that freedom. We can do whatever we want to do, and God's grace is big enough to cover it. So last Christmas break, I pulled out a puzzle. We worked on that sucker for weeks. I think every teenager that came into my house had a piece in working in that puzzle, which that was the goal. I wanted to create this activity to bring us together for everybody to work on when they walk by, when they come over, and it just brought me a lot of joy. Well, Christmas break came to an end, but that puzzle still wasn't finished. Y'all, it was a it was a big, hard puzzle, okay? Well, weeks into January, I kept thinking, well, I can't quit now. I can't quit something I started. Y'all, there's these voices in my head from a lifetime of living that they're so loud. And they say things like, don't be a quitter. Quitters never win. Finish what you start. If you, if you can't do something well, don't do it at all. So I had those voices in my head. And that puzzle just sat there. I worked on it a little, but the teenagers had stopped working on it because they were back to their normal normal activities, and I was busy with my things as well, but I felt this super big obligation to finish that puzzle. I was determined to not be a quitter. In the course of my life, I people, you know, just 
have always said, well, Jennifer starts things and she doesn't finish them. She's just a quitter. And I always had this disclaimer that, well, I never quit the things that God asked me to do. But I never really thought much about that statement that came out of my mouth. But over the course of my life, yeah, she starts things and she quits them. Well, knowing now, that's just my personality, like a, the, a planter kind of personality where I do start things and I move on. But that was such a negative thing for me. Like, she's just a quitter. And man, I didn't want to be a stinking quitter. And it was just a puzzle for Pete's sake. But still, it was a big deal for me. I was determined. But guess what? This puzzle no longer brought me joy. All it did was add this weighty obligation of stress to my life. Well, one day I saw it sitting over there on the table and a question surfaced up in me. Why did you get the puzzle out? Well, I answered um, to work on it over Christmas break because I knew it would bring me joy. Well, as soon as I said it, I realized what the Lord was saying to me. He was reminding me that he is the one that put the puzzle idea into my mind and that the goal was to do it over Christmas break because it would bring me joy. Y'all, and it did that. But Christmas break was over. It was no longer bringing me joy, and it was really okay to tuck it away for another day. We are told that we have to finish what we start, that we have to do hard things, and that if we don't, we somehow are weak or lazy or maybe unproductive or that we don't have any character. Yeah, God whispered the puzzle I did into my mind last Christmas, and then I put the obligation to finish it on myself. God never did that. He never asked me to finish the puzzle. He just gave me the idea to have it out for Christmas. Well, I wonder if sometimes God does put ideas on our heart, but maybe those ideas are obediences for the moment or maybe for the season. But then we take it upon ourselves and put these obligations on us to do more with it than what he really, maybe really ever asked us to do with it. But what about those things we do that he never did whisper into us? What about the activities and the events and the the things we put our hands to and the relationships we're building, the relationships that we're in, that maybe God never even asked us to give our time and energy to in the first place? What then? What do we do then? Can we just quit? I've heard it before. Christians must not quit. You will only get a reward if you do not quit. Y'all, we hear the scriptures about enduring and persevering and how we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. We're often reminded that quitting shows a lack of character. And because we don't want to be accused of not having any character, we stay and endure and persevere. And we tell ourselves, often through tears, that a reward is coming. Just hang on. Don't give up. Do not grow weary in doing good. But what is this reward? Is it only coming later if we don't give up? Or is this reward available like right now, even if we do give up? More about that when we get to the questions. But what about those things we have chosen to do that we never even asked God about? You know, those things we do on our own accord without any call to obedience from Him. We just do them because we want to do them. Yes, Scripture says don't grow weary in doing good. And we ought to do good. But where in Scripture does it say that we must endure that which God never asked us to endure? If you find it somewhere between Genesis, Revelation, can you go ahead and send it to me? Because I really am curious. I think the enemy is super clever. And he's taken these truths of not being a quitter in our faith. And he has used them to keep us stuck and committed to things that God never even really asked us to be a part of. Things we never even asked his opinion on things that we just chose to do because we wanted to do them. And now here we are making ourselves stay in a place that God may be giving us permission to walk away from. Like my puzzle, just tuck it away. It's okay. 
You're not quitting it. You put your hands to it for the time frame that I asked you to, and now it's okay to put it away. Examples. We volunteer for the nursery at church out of obligation, and then we're stuck, and we can't get out of it because we don't want to be thought of we, we don't want to be thought bad of for not helping out because they're really desperately in need of workers. But we grumble and complain on the inside. What reward is there in that? Are we really becoming more like Christ in this area of service? This is a personal example. If you guys love working in the nursery, you just keep on keeping on. But to me, did God say, hey, Jennifer, work in the nursery? Well, maybe some days, yes. Maybe for certain events, he did do that as, as his spirit led me. But I never remember him asking me, Hey, Jennifer, I want you to commit to being on a rotating nursery schedule for the rest of your life. We want a reward, so we endure. Whether it be a reward that's promised us through the interpretation of Scripture, or whether it's a reward from the people who are watching us do these good works. Whatever it is, we want a reward, so we endure. We are told a reward is coming if we don't quit. Well, maybe we start businesses that God never asked us to start, and we work overtime frantically trying to be successful at it, and maybe we refuse to quit because what will people think of us? We don't want to be called a quitter. Quitting is not an option. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. I will see a harvest. I just have to keep plugging away. Guys, we want God to bless our businesses, but did he even nudge us to start them? Or we get into relationships that he never asked or that we never asked God if we could move into, and then we beg him to bless it. But we never see the fruit, and yet we keep trying harder and harder because we can't quit on people, right? And we must endure and persevere because we've been told that a harvest is coming. It's on its way. Just keep doing good. And so we do. We keep moving toward people, and we keep being rejected. And we keep overlooking the scripture that has said it's, it's okay to shake the dust off your feet and move on when the people refuse to listen, when they reject what you have to offer. Maybe God's Spirit gives us permission to quit and move on sometimes. But we can't hear it because we're trying to make decisions based on people's opinions on their own interpretation of the word of God, instead of listening to the still, small voice of his spirit that guides us into all truth. Y'all, we need his spirit telling us this is the way, walk in it. Because if we just look at scripture without listening to the author of it, it seriously feels really contradicting. Now, did I say that God contradicts himself? No, I did not. And did I say the Holy Spirit contradicts the written word of God? No, I didn't. What I said was, if we look at scripture without listening to the author of it, it feels contradicting. On one page, it tells us not to give up. And another page, it tells us to shake off our boots and move on. And if we just read the don't give up, but we neglect to flip the page and we neglect to listen to his voice giving us our next step, then we might just miss what he's giving us permission for or calling us in obedience to. I mean, you've all heard it, I bet. Don't trust your heart. It's wicked. But flip the page and it tells us to trust the Lord with all our heart. Sheesh, what are we supposed to do with this heart of ours? If it's so wicked, then how can we even trust it to want to trust the Lord? Do you see the contradiction? Do you see the struggle? Do you see the conflict? It goes on. Don't trust in your own understanding. So basically, don't trust your own mind. But it just said don't trust your own heart, but trust the Lord with all my heart. And don't trust your own understanding. So basically, your mind is just useless in decision making. 
Yet here we are. We're trying to make decisions based on what our mind has knowledge of rather than trusting the Lord with all that he whispers in our heart. Y'all, we can be all over the place if we're not listening to God's spirit. Do you see the dilemma when we, when we neglect to listen to him for our direction? So here we are. We're ready to throw in the towel and we want to quit. Most things in our lives are things we choose to do without first consulting the Lord. Can we really just quit everything? Can, can we just get a raise of hands here? Raise your hand if you have made every decision in your life based on what the Holy Spirit was leading you to do. Oh, I'm waiting, waiting. Nope, not seeing any hands out there. Okay, raise your hand if you have made a lot of decisions based on what you wanted to do and just left God out of it completely. (laughs) There they are. There are the hands. But can we? Can we really just quit everything? Even if the Lord didn't tell us to do it, even if we didn't invite him into that decision-making process, can we just quit? Well, here are some questions to ask if you're thinking about quitting. Whatever it is, your volunteer work, your job, your social activities, your relationships, the same questions probably apply. So ask, did God ever really ask me to do this thing that I want to quit? If you realize the answer is no, he didn't ask you to do it, ask him why you keep wanting to do it. Why do you keep giving yourself to something God never asked you to do in the first place? But if you answer that question with a yes... Spend some time talking honestly with the Lord about your emotions surrounding it. Like, why am I having such a hard time enduring this? Why do I really want to quit? God, search me and know me. Test my thoughts. See if there's anything offensive in me. And lead me, God. Lead me in the way you want me to go. Okay, ask the question. What if I'm wrong? What if I quit and it's the wrong choice? Oh, yikes. Do you guys feel the pressure on that one? What if we get it wrong? All my perfectionists feel the pressure. Well, what has happened in the past when you've made a wrong choice? Yeah, I bet there were some consequences you probably had to walk through. But was God's grace there? Was God's grace enough to help you through it? Was God's grace enough to empower you to repent and move on? Will God's grace be enough for you now, today? If you quit and move on, do you have full confidence that God's grace is sufficient? Those seem like just quick questions that we can just roll off our tongue, but that they really need to be sat with, with the Holy Spirit when we're talking to him about these things, because is God's grace enough? Is it sufficient? If I make a wrong choice here, is God still going to be pleased with me? The answer is yes. But if we don't, if we don't have that yes, then we have some work to do on what God says about us as his children. Okay. The last question I want to share with you today Do I trust God to bless me if I make the wrong choice? Hmm. God's word says there are blessings in obedience and curses for disobedience. But let's think about what that means. What is the blessing that God offers? Well, the blessing is him, his presence with us. And he promises to never leave us, never forsake us. So can we trust God to still bless us if we make a wrong choice? Well, I believe so, because if he is the blessing, and he is, and if he never leaves us or forsakes us, which he doesn't, if having a relationship with him is the blessing, then yes, most definitely, he will bless us. He will not remove his hand of blessing on us because we, because we won't, or because he won't remove himself from us. 
Guys, we're his children. He won't leave us on our own. Yes, we have an eternal reward waiting on us, um, eternal presence with him, but we also have that presence with us right now. That's his promise to us, to be with us. So today, friends, seek the Lord, because guess what? When we seek him, he will be found by us. He will be found if we seek him with our whole hearts. He will guide us and he will whisper to us, this is the way, walk in it. And if by chance we make the wrong choice, we go the wrong way, guess what, guys? He's still there with us. He will help us. His grace is sufficient to help us get it right. And his grace is sufficient when we get it wrong. He is sufficient. You don't have to fear being a quitter. Quitting things God never asked you to do in the first place does not mean you don't have any character. It just means you're growing in your identity and who he says you are. And you're learning that you can't earn God's approval. You're learning that there's nothing you can do to make him love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make him love him, love you less. He loves you. He's a blesser. He reigns on the just and the unjust. He can't not bless us and he can't remove himself from us because that's who he is. He's with us. So yes, endure and persevere in your faith. Run your race. Finish strong. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But listen to him when he is nudging you to put the puzzle away because it served its purpose and it's time to find joy in something else. I love talking with you guys, but I did it again. I always seem to do all the talking, especially here in this space. But I want to hear from you. It's a highlight to hear the honest parts of what's on your heart. So go click the link in the show notes to join our Facebook community where you can chime in about this specific episode. If you're encouraged here listening to The Honest Ugly, be sure and subscribe and share with a friend. I'll talk to you guys soon. But before we leave, say this with me. I am fully known and deeply loved. Nothing I do will make God love me more and nothing I do will make him love me less.